0: This is Discover Your Dog, the show that demystifies your dog's behavior so you can get the best results from your dog training. This show is brought to you by FamilyDogFusion.com and our affiliate partner, Healthy Paws Pet Insurance, the company that gives you peace of mind and protects your four-legged family members when you need it the most. Get your free dog insurance quote by going to FamilyDogFusion.com insurance. This is Devin Best, co-founder of Family Dog Fusion and co-host of Discover Your Dog. In episode 67, professional dog trainer and sharpshooter, Benny Copeland, dissuades your dog from dashing out the door. Also, discover the triple threat that reinforces the escape game. And stay tuned for an exercise to help your dog learn to stay inside, all in this prison break episode of Discover Your Dog. Dog lovers, remember that you can get show notes for today's episode at discoveryourdog.com slash episode 067. Also, please give us a five-star rating and a good review on iTunes because it means a lot to us to read those things and it really helps the visibility of our show. Please send your questions, comments, and canine conundrums to trainer at familydogfusion.com. Lastly, remember to pick up your free membership, which includes the e-books Three Tools for Training Your Dog potty training your puppy or dog and the video walking your dog on a leash by going to familydogfusion.com/register with that let's get started Benny Copeland dog trainer to the stars how are you doing sir dog training to the
1: <laughs> you've dog trained stars <laughs> <The> falling stars <laughs> well stars are stars <laughs> right very good yeah i have trained a few stars dogs i've trained a few stars have you as well, care yeah. to drop any names? Um, nah, I'm really not. I'm not big on that. You know, <laughs> I guess a lot of people use that, and I could use it to my advantage. Well, it definitely
0: builds um, credibility. Celebrity endorsements are known to be a yeah. um, a really good way to seem more credible than one is.
1: <laughs> yeah, one of the one of the interesting things because you you bring that up that uh, Tam was. Um, looking for a gift for someone and they're a big Titans fan. And I have, when I would get some of the Titans that I trained, when I would get them to sign something, I would get them to sign one thing that said to club canine. And then I'd get them to sign another thing that just with their signature and their number. And uh, so I had a bunch of things out and I said, I'll ah, just pick something, you know, give it to him. So she um, ended up giving him something uh, here. I'll drop the name. It was Pac-Man Jones. Wow, that means like nothing jumps. to me at all. <laughs> yeah, <I> know, right. <laughs> so. Good old Pac Man. That guy
0: is awesome. Is that the guy that shoots the three pointers?
1: Yes, he yeah. shoots three pointers from drop kicks. And I'm
0: pretty sure he made a birdie last week, didn't
1: he? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we are very not athlete athlete people, are we? Or sports. sports? I just don't. I just don't relate.
0: So, what is today's topic? Why, why are we here today? What problem are we solving?
1: Yeah, today we're talking about that uh, ever-elusive way of getting your dog to stop darting out the door. Um, this is a big thing. Like, a lot of people don't even realize that uh, how they reinforce this behavior. And, and like you said in the entry, or the en- uh, entry? <laughs> <laughs> Re-entry. That's a good way to put it, the entry. Nice. Like you said in the, uh, at the beginning, is the triple threat. And that's one of the things I'm going to talk about today is is three ways that people think they're stopping this behavior and actually could end up being uh, could end up reinforcing the behavior instead without realizing it.
0: That's been kind of a consistent theme for our show is that uh, in the absence of awareness of what we are doing, it's very, very easy to create and reinforce these behaviors that we really would like to get rid of instead. And it's ironic because it's really about like this shift in awareness that is so difficult to to do in the moment, and that's why we harp on it so much is that it's about um, learning what we're communicating in, a, in any given context and how that supports the, the dog and being, um, you know, in,
1: in our minds, misbehaved, right? Exactly. And, you know, like you said, in the moment, it's very tough. And, and I remember you and I talking about, um, you know, that feeling like if you were in the store with your child and your child wandered off into the toy aisle. And then you ended up, you know, four or five aisles down before you realized your kid wasn't with you anymore. And that feeling that you get in the moment, it's very difficult to change that um, in the moment. It's one of the things that, um, you know, that I realized, too, I mean, anything you do once or twice doesn't really create a behavior. So if you do get angry in the moment, as long as you realize later how you had behaved in that moment, you can change that. Um, that reaction, uh, you can do things like when we talk about doing the homework, those are the temptations. Those are the tests. Those are the times that you're putting your dog into situations so that you are working on how you respond and how you react in that initial situa- situation, situation. That's perfect. <laughs> I told you I've been watching, uh, Oh, oh brother, where Is you that? is or is you ain't my constituents? <laughs> right. My <laughs> 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 so funny. So, yeah, so uh, what ends up happening is that uh, that owner, you know, you as a dog lover, you know, you have those in instant angst and you can work on it so that in the practice. And that's what the practice is in the practice of it. So when those times come up in the future, if you've been practicing, you get it how you're supposed to respond and behave in the moment, even when you have that Ugh! that goes on with it.
0: Yeah, we're going to talk uh, about Going from the reactive to the proactive here, you know, like it's like the, the angst comes from that reaction. I mean, I can remember losing one of my kids at the, at the at Walmart and, uh, <laughs> right. and I was, I was hot. I was real hot. First of all, I was stressed. Where's my kid? Where's my kid? Where's my kid? And then I, after the, the brief little moment of relief is like, Oh my God. Then I was angry. It's like, don't you ever do that again. <laughs> you know, I'm going right. to, it, so it's, and it's really hard. It's almost like emotions have a, a momentum of their own. In which I've got to do something about it. I've got to actively do something to get out of that mode of of being um, stressed out and freaked out, so that I can deal with things rationally. So we're going to talk about maybe migrating from the reactive to to doing some things proactively to you know to keep the dog inside rather than having to constantly go chase down the dog who's darted out the door and to go through the drama and the emotion and the the game playing that you know that goes along with that. So I think this could be a very useful episode.
1: Well, before we do that, and and that's going to be what the homework is going to be about, let's talk about those things. Let's talk about that triple threat, so to say, that people are doing and they don't even realize um, about keeping their dog or, or that they're creating that their dog wants to run out the door and so that people can be aware of that as well. Well, is you is or is you ain't ready to jump into the main topic. Let's open that door and go right through. The first part of what I talk about is uh, I I titled it, hold me back, hold me back, because this (laughs) is a common way that people will stop their dog. So Devin, let's just say you open the door you turn around and your dog just starts heading to the door and you know it's he's gonna dart out the door what are you gonna do to stop your dog
0: a slow motion dive tackle going (laughs) no (laughs) you know what i'm saying
1: a triple roll and (laughs) that's it
0: (laughs) now uh so okay i'm i'm gonna react um let me think about this so dog started dart toward the door i am gonna do what i can to grab a hold of that dog I'm, i'm I would, I would hope the leash would be on the dog. I I don't know that I'm
1: disciplined enough to have the leash on the dog in the house. So I'm going (laughs) to say,
0: that
1: (laughs) I'm going to say that the dog that you can train and you will have that leash on the dog. And that's true, right? So a lot of people could reach for the leash, but most people don't have their dog on a leash. So typically you as a dog lover, you're going to grab the dog's collar. If it's big enough, you can grab the collar. If it's small, you may reach down and pick it up. Right now, obviously Devin, we've talked about this in the past. This is a, big mixed message. And why is it a big mixed message? Well, it's all that
0: attention going toward that dog. It's the, it's the conversation. It's the eyeballs. It's the, you know, vocalization toward the dog, but overall, mostly it's it's touching the dog.
1: That's right. It's touch. And, and like you said, all of it is, remember, anytime your dog has a big reaction or makes a choice and you give attention to that, you are teaching your dog that that's what you wanted to do. We call it the tool of praise. So you're praising your dog in the moment. So even if it's negative attention, like you pick up your dog and you shake it, and like, don't you do that, you know, kind of thing. You're still giving attention and it sends this huge mixed message because here your dog is running out the door, something you don't want your dog to do. And then you end up grabbing it. Um, even if you're grabbing the collar, you're touching it. And again, like you said, Um, You may even be doing things in a sweet way like, it's okay, stay inside, it's just my friend, you know, kind of things like that. So it can send such a big mixed message and ends up really in the long run reinforcing that behavior. And let's say you did leave the leash on, Devin. Does the leash really help? I mean, how do you think it's going to help you in this situation? Because you're going to reach down and grab that leash.
0: Well, I feel like at least then with the leash, I have some method of control, some method of making the dog
1: stop. Right. So you do, you get an opportunity to correct the dog, but have you ever noticed that when someone's coming in and if, even if you have your leash on that, the dog just keeps one like, let me at him, let me at oh, him. Absolutely, you know, kind of yeah. thing? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. And it's because that tension on the leash actually creates tension. Oh, hang on. You know, what do you mean by you that? To tension hold creates tension. Kid, What do you mean by that? Yeah, tension creates tension. So if you're trying to hold your kid back, you're trying to hold the dog back, you're trying to hold these things and they just keep wanting it, wanting it, wanting it. And so we're going to talk about, too, in the homework, how this tension is actually reinforcing the behavior because you're still in the moment of the behavior. You're still in the moment. It's where I'll see people, they do things like their dog starts barking at another dog. So they stop right there and then yell at their dog and do things to try to make their dog stop barking and all those things. And what ends up happening is they're not, the dog's not stopping. It just keeps doing it and doing it and doing it simply because they're still in the moment. They're still in the distraction and all that tension just creates tension and it just ends up making it worse instead of better. So in this situation, the leash really isn't helping. If you're staying in that situation, if you're staying there and you're pulling your dog back, you notice the dog. Oh, I still want to get there. I still want to get out. I still want to do these things, you know, and trying to and digging at the floor and scratching your floor up and things like that as well. That's
0: interesting. I remember in the personal development seminar that we both attended years ago, uh, the facilitator at one point said that we create whatever we resist. Right. Right. That, that whatever we, you know, I, I'm not going to be this way. I'm going to I'm going to be I'm not going to be this way. I'm going to not do this. It's like whenever I say that not, it's it's creating the thing that I'm not going to do. So in a a practical sense, you know, me getting the dog, restraining the dog like that seems like it would be very much like that, that I'm creating this obligation for the dog to pull in the opposite direction. Right.
1: What was it? He said it was like resistance creates persistence kind of thing. I don't know. if. And if you look at that with the leash and you're creating resistance, your dog has more persistence. (laughs) Is that know, what it's?
0: Is that what it was? Uh, I, I, I can see that, right? Yeah, yeah.
1: So oh, no, and that, and that's the thing. Well, we like resist, persists. That's what it was. Well, we resist, persists. That's why. Right. Yeah. Whatever you resist, persists. Yeah. Right. So, and that's where, um, and, and I think that that's our whole theory and theme here is that we're always looking at the things that we don't want instead of making that shift in our brain of what we do want and. I'll tell you, I mean, as a dog owner, as a dog lover, you have to get at what you want your dog to do um, because even what we're talking about now, we're talking about all those things you don't want. I don't want my dog to run out the door. I don't want my dog to, you know, jump on someone. I don't want my dog to do these things. And that's why it keeps going because there's not that ability to make that shift in your brain. And until you do that, you're never going to be looking for it. You'll only um, have that resistance to persistence. That's yeah. good. That's true.
0: And that reactiveness, that reaction, right. you know, instead of proactivity, reactivity. Exactly. Uh, yeah. Well, so, how can we get them there?
1: How? Yeah, talking about that. What if your dog gets out? What do you do at that point?
0: So the dog gets out. Um, I'm gonna give chase. Of course, I'm gonna give chase. Right. Mm-hmm. And I'm gonna.
1: You're gonna be yelling, and you're gonna be running after your dog, calling the dog and dog's and then, name. Right, and then I' cause me looking back at you, going yeah and if you talk in that way, I mean is your dog really going to want to come to you
0: <laughs> Yeah, no right because they know if if you, what they did
1: <laughs> right right and we're gonna um we're actually you and I had talked about this devin we're gonna talk next week a little bit more about that that reactiveness that reaction right there um, and how that um, next week how it creates that a dog doesn't really want to be around you and how I made a shift in my life in um, that game part of it that um that I got it. I'm just creating a big game here, and typically I'm chasing after my dog, and they're running around. And you know, if you're chasing after your dog, they want the game. They want to be chased. <laughs> right. You know? So, don't you do that with your dogs in your house? Do you chase them around and jump at them and stuff like that?
0: Uh, well, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Whenever I go over there, the uh, Macy's the sprightlier, sprightlier. Is right. that even a word? The sprightlier <laughs> of the two. She's uh, she's far more sprightly. Um, right. Than uh, than little Gizmo and. She does that bow that you talk about. That every time I see her, she just bows down. It's almost like, okay, it's time to play.
1: Yeah, you started the game with her. Time to play. I see that people outside doing the same thing too. <laughs> so, I
0: love it. I do love that reaction, and I I usually do engage it unless you know something else is going on.
1: Yeah, and of course, if if she's outside. <laughs> What's going to happen? I mean, she's got everywhere to run. You'd never be able to catch her. And she's thinking you're playing the game, obviously, as well. And that's what happens a lot of times is that dog gets outside and then it becomes a game. And uh, again, too, we're going to actually talk about in a future episode, uh, actually next week, how to really work on um, catching that dog that's loose outside, if it's your dog or not your dog. I mean, there's so many times that I've caught a dog. And I I did this just last week, Tam's dog got out and she started, you know, Sandy started sniffing around and wasn't really running off or anything. And I actually was the one that was able to catch Sandy because they were all chasing her and (laughs) and he was playing the game with them, you know, and uh, she came right up to my lap as a matter of fact. So those are the things we're going to talk about, but that's what happens in that situation too. It becomes so much attention and the game becomes, it's, you know, game on. I mean, let's do it. <laughs> right.
0: That dog's not going to sit there and wonder, should I play this game or should I not play this right. game? It's game on. It's that's like it. Body
1: act- your body um, language and your body actions are totally playing the game. Even when you have that negative tone and, and all of that, your body language is in this, I'm going to get you kind of thing. And
0: also, I would, you know, my emotions are in that state as well because I'm, I'm just being reactive and I'm panicking in the moment and, you know, I got to do something right. So. Uh, that's the point of this conversation. That's really the point of our show is to build this awareness so that in the moment I can be cool and I can react appropriately and hopefully ideally see how many more adverbs I can throw into this, Benny. Um, (laughs) (laughs) the, the goal is to get the dog to obediently and willingly stay inside the house though, Right
1: right and you know what that's a great segue into the homework because that's what we're going to talk about and now you just said it in the affirmative and what we want our audience and and how you as a dog lover and a dog owner want to look at what your dog is choosing to do and that's really what it is is that you are getting your dog to choose to stay inside
0: so that is a lead directly into homework or do you have anything else to say about this or are you ready to, to uh, get into homework
1: Let's do some homework, man. Here we go. So, get your dog to stay inside. This is the affirmative way of saying it and what we're going to be talking about today. And I'm actually going to do it, like I described to you, Devin, like a ladder rung. You have to step on the first step to get to the next step to get to the next step. And that's what this is going to be. Now, One of the things that we talked about in the past is like if you're trying to do a command, like the sit command or things like that, that it's not really conducive to the behavior. And it still can be a helpful, it still can be helpful in these situations. Um, Because if your dog learned to sit every time the door was open, when you still released your dog at the moment you released your dog. They still have that opportunity to dart out the door. Um, Yet, what you could do is start with that sit command. And this is where you have to do the temptation and the practice. It's not that you're going to make your dog sit every time someone comes in the door. That's not when you want to do the sit command. The sit command is part of the practice. So what I would start out doing and what you should start out doing is make your dog learn to sit on the inside and the outside of the door while you open and close the door. Now, remember, this has nothing to do with learning to stay inside. It just helps to desensitize your dog to the opening and the closing of the door. So if you're doing it from the inside and the outside, then that opening and closing of the door um, becomes this thing to your dog that, hey, I have to hold the sit because I'm in the sit command, not uh, react to this opening and closing of the door. And not that your dog analyzes it like that, but it's what you're. (laughs) (laughs) So once you get really good at that, so you can put your dog in a sit command, go and open and close the door. And I would suggest only, you know, three to five feet away from the door while you're doing this on the inside and out. And of course, if you're, you're always doing everything on the leash, obviously, so you should be able to get three to five feet away from your dog to open and close the door. And when your dog's really good at that, Now, you're going to start approaching the door without giving a command. So no sit command.
0: Hang on, Benny. Back up a step, please. Um, When the dog um, ignores the door or doesn't do anything, should I be praising?
1: Sure, absolutely. So if your dog is holding the sit and you can open and close the door two or three times and wide open or just leave it wide open, you should be praising your dog for holding the sit. But remember, at this point, you're just praising for sitting in a bigger distraction. Okay. It has nothing to do with the darting out the door. Now once your dog's really good at that part, then we're going to actually start working on the choice of staying inside. So, once once your dog learns to hold that sit, now you're going to approach the door with no command at all. So, you're not going to put your dog in the sit at this moment. Without giving the command, you're going to open the door. Now, if your dog quickly lunges, you're going to do a quick correction to your dog, bring him back inside, "Nope," and close the door. And then turn and go at least 10 feet away from the door, 10 to 15 feet, maybe to a whole different room. Now, remember, a correction is not a correction unless your dog stops doing what they're doing and pays attention. So let's just say you've opened the door without giving the command and your dog kind of lunges outside because now it's not in any kind of command. You give a correction, nope, and then walk to the other room and you have to keep walking. It doesn't have to be in a way that you're hurting your dog or doing anything. It's just to get your dog to stop doing what they're doing and pay attention. So once they're paying attention to you, you reapproach the door. You're going to reapproach the door once again, you're going to open it, if your dog has the same reaction, nope, and you walk away. Now remember, for every one time you correct your dog, you have to praise 10 times for choosing to stay calm when the door is open. So now you are working on that your do- your dog will stay calm when you open and close the door with you there on the leash. So as you approach the door, You open it, your dog stays calm 10 times in a row, then it's time to move up a little bit. The next step would be now you can approach the door, leave it open, and then you stop at the threshold of the door. Now, if your dog keeps going through the door, you again correct nope, and you take your dog all the way back inside the house. And this time you can actually leave the door open. So leave that door wide open. And then again, you're going to walk toward, once your dog focuses on you as paying attention, you're going to walk back toward the door. You stop at the threshold. Again, if your dog continues through the threshold, nope, and take your dog back inside. Now, as you approach and you stop, if your dog stops with you, this is what you want and this is what you're going to be praising for. Good boy. Good job. And you continue to approach. And again, for every one time you correct your dog for going through the threshold, then you're going to have to praise your dog 10 times for choosing to stay with you. Now, again, when I'm doing this, my goal is 10 times in a row. So if my dog stops at the threshold with me 10 times in a row, then I'm ready to go up to the next rung, the next level. Now, this one gets a little tough because once you get to the threshold, you're going to hesitate there, and then you're going to continue on outside. Now, if your dog keeps going with you, again, you're going to correct 10 feet back into the house. Nope, back into the house. So you're going to hesitate at the threshold and then continue moving forward. And your dog's now going to learn that he has to stay there at the threshold because every time he moves along with you, nope, you're going to take him back inside. So you'll hesitate at the threshold and then step out and then correct him back in if you need to. Now, once he's willing to stay inside on the other side of the threshold before after you've crossed it, 10 times in a row. Now there should be no tension on your leash. None. So if you're going to cross the threshold, remember if your dog's doing really well and you take three or four steps, you're going to be holding on to that leash. You'll be pulling on your dog and you definitely don't want to do that. There should be no tension on this leash whatsoever at any time. The only time there's going to be tension is if you have to correct and take your dog back into the home. Now, again, Once your dog has stopped at the threshold and you're able to walk out on your front step or porch or out the front door 10 times in a row and the dog stays inside, then you're starting to create it that your dog understands to stay inside until you give some type of signal for the dog to come out with you. At this point is when you want to start putting a word or a phrase to it that says your dog is allowed to go outside. Now, I use the word exit. So if I open the doors and I have two, I have a storm door and a regular door. And if I open those doors wide open, my dogs will stay right inside the door. Typically, it's when I'm getting groceries or things like that. So I'll go out to the car and I'll get groceries and things like that. And every time I come in and they're sitting at the threshold, I give them lots of love. Good boy. Good job letting them know that that's how I want them to behave. And then I go in and I go back out and I might do that two or three times if I'm going to the car to, you know, get groceries or something like that. Um, If I'm going out and they're to go with me, what I'll actually do is I'll go out to the car. I'll open up the uh, back of the car so that they see that they're getting to go. And then I'll say exit. And then they can they usually run out and then jump in the car. So at this point. They've gotten it that until I say exit, they're not allowed to go out or across that threshold because I've now used a word that says, hey, now, you can, now you're released. Now it's kind of a released word that lets them know that you can come across the threshold. So the big thing is, is that you have to, um, before you can start that process where you're really off leash, you have to get your dog really good at it on the leash. And then you start creating that word that says, okay, now you can come out with me. And it's not always that way for me. So like there's times where I put my leash on my dog and I go out and they'll go out with me without the hesitation because they know we're going for a walk. And when I open those doors wide, they do understand that they are to stay on the inside. There's many times that I've had to catch uh, or that I've caught Oz, you know, the six feet of the leash length. He's already passed me. Once I cross the threshold, he's already passed me and heading out the door. And I've had to say, no, bring him all the way back in and then all the way you know, into another room because I want him to understand the only time that you can go out that door is when either I say that word exit or you are with me on the leash and, I, and I'm asking you to continue through with me. So you notice that there's this progression to this. And as with all homework, You should only do this 10 times a day. So you should only do this temptation 10 times a day. You can spread that out where you do five in the morning, five in the evening. You can do all 10 times at one time. And when you're doing the practice and the temptations, you should only do that 10 times a day. And again, work on it six days a week, not seven. Give your dog one day off on any type of behavior or any type of training that you're doing so that your dog has an opportunity to um, grow. Like to me, the brain is kind of a muscle and they need that opportunity to grow that muscle. So that's the homework. I hope it, uh, Devin, what do you think? Did it sound good?
0: Yeah. I'm sitting here with my eyes closed, listening to your description and, um, I'm watching the progression. You know, I'm seeing how the, how the, how the, the rungs of the ladder sort of build on themselves. And I got to, you know, take the first couple of rungs first and, and definitely be patient and build upon that. And um, it took me a second to to realize, uh, but the consistency necessary for um, for pulling the dog back in, correcting the dog, pulling the dog back in. I can see that happen. I can see that really working um, over and over again. And like to making sure that I remove emotion from the situation, except, you know, in the moments of praise, that seems like a really, really effective and methodical way to get the dog to learn to stay indoors. That's great. Very simple.
1: Yeah, very good. Well, I'll go over a quick summary of today's uh, topic, and then we can uh, move from there. How's that? That sounds great. Awesome. (laughs) All right, (laughs) so first of all, we talked about holding your dog back with and without the leash. We also talked about creating and playing the big chase game, and the homework was how to get your dog to choose to stay inside. Say thank you. Thank you. <laughs> I was wondering if you're gonna. If that's what you're waiting on. That's or how not. I know you're done.
0: Dog lovers, the response to our membership has been tremendous, and it seems like the thing to do nowadays is to become a member of FamilyDogFusion.com/slash/register, because it's uh, it's the place to be. We got a lot of stuff happening there. Um, as I mentioned in the. Uh, in the show intro, we have three ebooks. Actually, we have two ebooks and a video up there as part of our content library. Uh, you can learn how to, you know, the three basic tools for training your dog. Uh, that's an ebook unto itself. We have the uh, potty training ebook that is applicable for both puppies and dogs. And we've got the, the video walking your dog on a leash. Now, the advantage to this video is that I can attest to the difficulty of bringing this stuff together uh in, in one shot. And so, you know, like to, to understand the commands and how to hold the leash properly and how to direct the dog and all this stuff needs to culminate in one shot. And so watching Benny with an actual actually is that Porter? It's Porter, isn't it? Yeah, Porter uh-huh, the dog it is. that, that had, had been living with you for a while. Um watching Benny work with Porter and the owner Cindy was really enlightening for me. It's a, it's an excellent video shows proper leash holding techniques, proper leash handling techniques. And so it's really valuable to be able to, to see that in motion. And so we've also got um, a periodic newsletter that we send out from time to time. <laughs> we've got some <laughs> we've got some exclusive content uh, coming your way as we as we get further and further into these behaviors. So um, we're also working on some forums in the background. So the, the the membership is a growing living thing that's improving over time. And I know and Benny, I'm pretty sure, is certain that you're going to get some value out of joining this membership. So if you're interested in taking this to the next level, go to familydogfusion.com slash register and get yourself signed up and uh, take this thing to the next level. Thank you. All right, everybody. We'll see you all next week when Benny talks about catching the loose dog. See you then. Also, if you're listening to the show on Stitcher or Google Play, please give us a thumbs up now. Remember, show notes for this episode are at discoveryourdog.com/episode067.
1: Run 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 as fast as you can. If you can't catch me. I'm the gingerbread dog. Run, 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 fast as you can. You're a monster. Have to come drop buttons.
0: Parfait may be the best damn food in the
1: world. You ever walk up to somebody and say, you want a parfait? They say, hell no, I don't want no parfait.